Welcome to the Full Potential Podcast. I am your host, Nick Wagner Sr. And every week, I interview guests that share career stories, ideas, and experiences to empower and inspire people to reach their full potential. If you enjoy the episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple Podcasts, Google, and Spotify. Thanks for listening. So welcome everyone to another episode of the Full Potential Live Show. I am your host, Nick Wagner Sr. And every Sunday night, uh, I interview uh, some fantastic guests that either finds me or I find them, and we get to hear all about their career journey. So this Sunday, uh, so tonight, uh, we are meeting with Carrie Ann Polo, uh, founder of New Park Creative, which is a, um, well, I'm gonna let let Carrie Ann say what New Park Creative does. I don't wanna spoil it, but I will say, Carrie and I connected on, on LinkedIn and um, she came to see something that I did locally here in Connecticut, a talk that I did, a SIP session, and uh, we've been chatting ever since. And I think she has a really unique career journey that we're going to share tonight. So Carrie Ann, thanks for, thanks for joining me on the show tonight. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, I'm excited. So um, as Nick said, uh, my name is Carrie Ann Polo. I'm the founder and CEO of New Park Creative. We are a digital marketing and content creation agency. We've been in business for 10 years now. This is our 10th year, um, which is super exciting. And we work primarily, and we work primarily with uh, B2B service organizations. So we have some nonprofit and consumer brands in our portfolio as well. Um, I am married with two children, ages two and five, uh, on the tail end of what I like to call the black hole of babydom. Um, <laughs> I'm from Connecticut. I grew up in South Windsor and I now live out in Holland. Yeah. So, uh, we have, we have a lot to unpack there because you're a, a small business owner, an entrepreneur, a mom and a wife all, all wrapped into one, which is, uh, for those that are watching that are entrepreneurs themselves understand how hard it is to be an entrepreneur without a family, especially without kids. So we're going to talk a lot about that, but I want to, I'd like to start Carrie Ann just you know, kind of in the way back machine, because I always like to go through people's career journeys from the beginning. And you currently are, you know, this CEO of a digital digital marketing company. I'm going to guess that when you were like, you know, elementary school carry in, that was not your dream to own a digital marketing company. So I'd love to kind of hear what you wanted to be when you were growing up as a kid. Um, So I... I don't know that I, I had any idea. I, I, I can't remember how I would have answered that question when I was younger. Um, but I have always been like an arts kid. So from a very early age, it was arts and crafts. My mom is super creative. So she ha- always had us doing creative stuff. Um, when I got a little bit older, maybe 11, 12, I would do like extracurricular art classes. So I actually designed my first billboard using like core board and styrofoam with an exacto blade when I was like 12. Um, and I, I love that. I, I love any art class that I took. Um, I'm a musician. I played uh, double bass, upright jazz bass for nine years, jazz bass for nine years. My dad's a musician. So I feel like I just grew up in like an arts kind of culture um, household. And so I've always done creative stuff. And it wasn't until I started going to Manchester Community College I first was going there for communications. I wanted to be a writer or something. And uh, one of the requirements was to take a video editing class. I took the class and I was like, oh my God, I can get paid to do this. 
So I went down to the registrar's office and I changed my major that day and I started studying multimedia um, and like the rest is kind of history. So, so I want to, it's interesting, right? Because you mentioned like you're a creative, you've been an artist your whole life, but there's a big difference between being a creative and being an artist and being an entrepreneur and a small business owner and the CEO of a company. In, okay. in my opinion, right? Because I think there's there's a lot of really fantastic creatives, really fantastic creatives that are successful as creatives, but they might be working for someone else, not the CEO of the company. So so we're going to have to get into that because I think you the way the way you talked about it was kind of like, well, it just happened. And then, you know, I was the CEO of a company, but I think there's a lot more to the journey. So so why don't we why don't we kind of go back to, to high school? Was the expectation that you were going to go to college after high school or was that kind of up for your decision and you know like how, how did that come to be like how did you end up at manchester community college uh you know going to school for communications i think my expectation for myself was that i was going to go to college so my dad went to trade school my mom was an accountant she had a two-year degree so neither of my parents had a bachelor's and it was just something that I wanted to do for myself. And I've always been like wildly ambitious. So it just was like a no brainer. I'm going to go to college. And what happened was I applied to all, I applied to all of these out of state schools, uh, no, no state schools at all. And, and when it came down to, to pull the trigger, are you going to move down to the Carolinas or wherever it was? I just didn't want to leave Connecticut. Um, and that's how I, uh, you know, enrolled in MCC because it was like, there was no other option if I was gonna stay home. And it's the best thing that could have ever happened to me. So, so, and for those that are watching that, that are uh, not from Connecticut, Manchester Community College is a relatively small, which one of the state community colleges here in Connecticut. So, and, and Carrie, you, you just said it was the best thing that could have happened to you. Explain why, is that because you got to stay with your family and your friends or was it because you found this, this idea of digital media? Explain why you say that. It's because I found the idea of digital media and I, I can only speak to my own experience and I know that we'll, we'll get to this at some point, but I later transferred to go to University of Hartford, which I, University of Hartford, which I loved for many reasons, but I felt like in community college, it was more trade focused. So I feel like it was, you know, we're going to, we're going to do this project and then we're going to critique it as though we're a client. So I feel like I got more kind of real world experience. So I really appreciated that. Um, and, and just that's just the, the door that opened, right, to kind of lead me down this path. So that's why it's, for me, one of the best things that, that could have ever happened to me. And, and you, you, you had not gotten into the world of digital media when you were in high school before community college. This was like you, you, you mentioned you were creative, you were a writer, you were into, you were into music, you were into anything art, but you, you hadn't done really digital art at that point is what you're saying. No, I feel like I was on the like cusp of the generation that grew up with more media in school. Like we had computer labs, but it wasn't a core thing. So any of the arts offerings would have been music or some fine art, music or some fine art, painting, pottery, something like that. That just didn't fit. Like I just didn't fit into that box um, as my you know creative talent kind of comes out in different ways. So. Um, for that reason, it wasn't until I started taking the digital media classes that, that I was like, oh, this is how my, this is how my like creative juju can find its way into the world. Now, so you're, you're at community college. Had you been working throughout high school and community college 
to help pay for you know your degree i love to kind of hear um what my guest's first job was when they were in high school like of, of actual legal age to, to you know to work and get paid so what was that was your first job art related or music related what was that first job when you look back that that you remember getting paid for yeah when i was 15 i wanted a cell phone and my mom told me that i could get one if i paid the bill myself so i became a junior camp counselor for junior camp counselor for um a ywca summer camp uh, so that was my first job. And then the the following summer, I was a camp counselor and I also worked for Dunkin' Donuts. So very cool. All right. Yeah. I mean, and, and do you feel as so I always ask this follow up, you know, what was like the big life lesson you learned from that first job? Right. What was the what was that aha moment for 15 year old Carrie Ann about having having that first job? I just wanted money like I wanted freedom. You know, it's yeah. like it's like the, the high school kid who's saving to get their car. So they're flipping burgers like that was me. I was like, I wanted a phone then I wanted a car. And I just was my parents were like very generous, but also very kind of you're going to like chip in for this yourself. So that that was the motivation. Freedom. <laughs> no, no, I get it. Now, did you have did you have family members in your um, in your immediate family or or? you know, maybe an uncle or an aunt or a cousin that were entrepreneurs or a cousin that were entrepreneurs. Oh, is that, is that, did anyone kind of inspire you to be an entrepreneur from growing up? Um, because you're, you're an entrepreneur, but it's, it sounds like, you know, it's, it doesn't sound like your dad or your mom were. No, no. Um, that all, I, I, like I say, I started a business by accident. Um, if you want to for, fast forward a couple of years, I can tell you how it happened. But I know I never planned on being uh, self-employed or an entrepreneur or a CEO or anything like that. I, I wanted to do something creative. That's, that's all I knew. Um, and, and I think as we kind of progress, it'll help connect the dots to how talking about art and creativity and design and video and multimedia ties into now the position that I'm in, which is obviously a lot different than that in some ways. Yeah, no. So, so, so tell, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd love to hear that story, right? And I, I feel you say you didn't start the business on purpose. So how did you fall into starting a digital media company? Media company. Like, how does that um, happen? So what happened was I was I was going to community college. I was in school for multimedia. I was working for Starbucks and I don't know what got into me, but I said I had no portfolio, right? I barely knew how to use Photoshop. Maybe I'd opened it once or twice. I was like, I'm gonna see if there's a job out there for me. So I applied to a bunch of jobs and um and I got a call back. And I remember being in the back room at Starbucks. It was uh, it was Fox 61 WTIC, which is the um, the Connecticut Fox affiliate in downtown Hartford. Um, and I remember jumping up and down, like screaming, yelling that I got this call back for this job. And there's like customers right out, like waiting for their lattes. And I just at this, that point, I was like, I'm done Starbucks. So um, they hired me and then they quickly hired me full time. So here I am super time. So here I am super young. I must have been 21 years old. And I have this full time job working with people who are like 10, 20 plus years my senior doing all of the graphic design and animation production for the morning news show. So I'd get up at like one o'clock in the morning, go for four and a half hours of like live TV. I think I worked under like four or five different producers and um, I'd get out at like 9, 10 a.m. Grab something to eat, go to school all day, come home, you know, 
grab a nap or like whatever. And also like I'm young too. So I'm like, I want to hang out with my friends. I want to like they're in college, like partying. So, um, <clears throat> so where are we in the, in the journey here? So I did that for a couple of years and, um, it was, it served its purpose. Um, but the, the work that I was doing in school, I think was a lot more creative and I, and my skill set really kind of outgrew the position that I was in. And it was right. very much a kind of like put your head down and, and do your job. And that just like, that just doesn't work for my personality. You know, like I was like, let me work on the, you know, like I was like, let me work on the website. Let me do this. Let me do that. And um, meanwhile, so here I'm like working downtown. I'm networking with all kinds of people who are in their careers. And I linked up with um, somebody over at the Connecticut Science Center, which at that point was like brand new, beautiful building. It was just opening. They needed some like animation, whatever design for their theater. So I started freelancing. And so I, the work I was doing in my freelance gigs and the work I was doing in school was much more creative, much more flexible um, than my full-time job. So I quit. I gave my two weeks notice. My mom thought I was insane. She's <laughs> like, you know, like you're like, you're, you're so, you know, young and lucky to be like in this position and have this like career. You're still in school. Like, what are you doing? I just couldn't take it anymore. And so I left. I had maybe a month's worth of, of bills. And of course, like when you're young, I think it's a little bit easier to, to take those risks Absolutely. because yeah. I didn't have a mortgage. I didn't have kids, family, whatever, um, ever. Um, so I had a couple bucks in my pocket and I freaking hustled. I went on Craigslist every single day. I searched for any like keyword that would bring me to a job that had anything to do with graphic design, video, web design, literally anything that I could like potentially get my hands on. And I started picking up these little gigs. I mean, I have designed like the craziest, silliest, like I have, I just took what I could get. And um, meanwhile, I'm looking for a full-time job and I would get a high, an interview, a second interview, but I'm really young. I don't have like tons of experience. And the, the, the freelance gigs just kept calling me back. And I was like, you know, the universe is kind of telling me at this point to pivot and put my energy into this freelance thing. Right. Because now I'm getting referrals. My clients are referring me to different people. So I, I gave up my pursuit of full-time employment. Kind of That really set the tone to now I'm putting all of my energy into being self-employed. And so I'm being self-employed. And so I freelanced for a couple of years. And it was a wonderful experience because I freelanced for a lot of agencies and production companies, as well as some like in-house teams. Um, but I got to see how businesses, like how I would want to run my business and more importantly how i did not want to run my business um and i also just got to see kind of like the inner workings of these agencies and production companies that were doing marketing or that were doing content production so it was like crash course i mean if i could get into a creative brief to see how they pitched like the creative i would do that if i could get on like cc'd on an email where a proposal was being sent just so i could i had never seen what a proposal looks like before like why would i i would never i didn't have that experience yeah. Um, so I would get my hands on a proposal and be like, oh, okay, this is how they're doing it. So I just like, you know, pip, like picked up all this like little information, put it in my back pocket. And um, it, it really just grew organically. And when I say I, I started the company by accident, I was just really good. at I was just really good at what I did. People seemed to like working with me. And so I got bigger and bigger ass. And so it was I went from freelancing to, well, can you develop this website? So I went and I hired the best developer that I could find. So it really grew kind of organically. I never set out saying, I want to run my own digital agency. Right. Uh, just kind of like blossomed organically, which which is pretty cool. And so I love how your parents asked you if you were crazy for, for quitting 
uh, your, your job at Fox 61, because I feel like that's a, a common, a common statement that people say to entrepreneurs when they quit their full-time jobs by someone, right? Like, I can't believe you're doing this. Um, so what was the name of the comp what was the name of the company? Was it, was it called New Park Creative when you started it originally, or was it a different name when you first founded the company? When I first started, it was Studio 73 Multimedia, and it was a DBA. And then it quickly became Studio 73 as an LLC. And it remained that for eight, nine years until maybe 15 months ago. I completely gutted the name of the company, how we were operating everything like top to bottom to relaunch. To relaunch. So when you started out, you were, you were it was a one woman show and you started hiring other people to, to take on things that you couldn't do. Was that, was that kind of the, like the, the, your mindset? Yeah. I was like, well, I, I was just saying yes to everything. And I was like, well, I'm not going to say no to an opportunity. Like I know enough about web design to where I can work with someone to develop a website, or I know right. enough about video production where I can work with a producer. Um, I knew what I wanted the final product to look like. So as long as I could work with an individual or team of people that could get me there, I was good. Um, and there's definitely lots of like ups and downs along the way. It's like trial and error as far as like what, as far as like what, you know, what I am good at and what I'm really not good at. And also almost more importantly, like what I, what I love to do and like what drives my passion and, and what might not do that. So, so one question I have is because I think a lot of people, a lot of people want to own their own business and they want to be self-employed, but they they quickly realize they don't want to always do sales. And when you're self-employed, unless you have a salesperson, you're going to do a lot of sales. So how did, how was, how was the sales piece for you? You knew you were good at creative and, and digital media and graphic design and, and the, like your, your craft, but how were, how are you at the sales piece? Did that come naturally to you? Did you hate it? Did you love it? Do you love it today? I Cause I think that's a, a common, a common thing that a lot of people have to overcome to become an entrepreneur. It definitely is. It definitely is. Um, because a lot of people who start their own business, they do it because they love what they're doing and you don't exactly. realize that loving and you don't exactly. realize that like, once you get to a certain point, that's not what your day to day looks like anymore. I mean, that's suppose it could be, um, if you're really crafty, but typically, you know, there's a whole bunch of other stuff, uh, that, that goes along with it. Um, so what was the question? <laughs> the so, original so, question? Yeah. How, I mean, did you, did you love sales? Did you, did you hate sales? Like what, what was your thought on actually doing sales all the time to go out yeah. and do business? Um, I think, I mean, I kind of like the, I'm outgoing. Like I like being in front of people. I like, I don't want to say like the thrill of it, but I like to be able to go and present and have the people, you know, really be on board with, um, you know, the project or whatever it was, but that's, it's, I'm not a salesperson yeah. and it's like, you know, and, and again, to, to my detriment where in the beginning that wasn't even on my radar. I was like, well, I'm getting referrals. I'm, I'm, right. I'm taking on larger engagements. It's going really well. It's going really well. Why wouldn't just continue to go really well? <laughs> but that like, that only gets you so far. And then you're in this bracket where you're really competing and you're hitting up against this wall. And you're like, oh, business development, that's the thing. Now I need to start doing that. So it was a lot of like trial and error and just, you know, growing and getting to this point where what I'm doing isn't working anymore. Now I need to pivot and adjust so that I can get to this next rung. And and even now, like it's it's 
never ending, you know, like wherever I am two years from now, I'm going to get to that point And I'm going to be like, okay, I gotta do something different now. <laughs> right, right. And when you and when you started, so when you started your company, you didn't have kids. I don't know if you were married, but I know you didn't have kids if they're two and five, right? Because you started mm -hmm. this quite some time ago. And you know, you're you are young with unlimited energy and way more time than you have right now because you don't have a family. So I'd, I'd, I'd love to kind of hear, kind of hear in, in the early days, what were some of those growing pains you mentioned? Like, do you remember like hiring your first employee? You remember like you may be the first like big obstacle you ran into? Like, could you share some of those growing pains as a small business owner? Because I think the, the world that we're in today is entrepreneurship is almost glamorized as like the most amazing journey ever and everything's great. But I think what a lot of people don't ever hear about is working 80 hours a week and failing and, you know, spending all the money that you have in your savings account to make payroll and skipping a paycheck and those types of things. So what were some of the maybe some of the challenges you had, in, you know, during your early days that you could share with some some of our uh, some of our guests? Yeah, absolutely. The volatility of it, because you can be the best at what you do and you can lose business for so many reasons outside of your control. Um, I remember I was for about two years, for about two years, um, doing some contract video editing animation for um, the client was PepsiCo North America. It was an awesome gig. It paid really well. It definitely was like some bread and butter um, type of work. And within it was like a 30 days notice that like the whole department that we had been producing for was getting shuffled around and that budget was cut. And the the same, that was the same month that I, you know, had just put down whatever uh, to move into a condo. And so here I am having to pay my lease. And I just, and like, I literally like signed the contract for the condo and then had this conversation the next day being like, by the way, you're going to be out of work in 30 days. And that like, oh, moment where you have to scramble yeah. and, and just like, I, and you just go back into that hustle mode. Um, I don't even know what I did, but, but we made it work. And, and the same thing happened again, maybe happened again, maybe one or two years later with an even bigger client where great work, great relationship. They got bought out by some, you know, giant organization. And all of a sudden it was like, here's your final paycheck. Goodbye. So, so the volatility and, and, um, learning that you can't, you can't be working for your company and be watching out for those things, right? Because if you're not investing in business development and what's three, six, right, nine, right. whatever, 12 months out, then you're going to you're gonna get that phone call and you're going to have that oh crap moment. <laughs> um, so so how, the how, volatility is a big part of it. How did you bounce back from that? Because I think for a lot of people that could be really defeating. Um, you know, hearing, hearing that, you know, especially if it was a really big account, like, okay, sorry, no fault of yours, but we're not going to use you anymore. How, what, what, what kind of mindset do you need to bounce back from that? If you're going to be an entrepreneur or even just successful in life, I mean, even just successful in life, I mean, like, I know you're going to ask me this question at the end and I've got plenty of answers. Um, but the best thing I ever did at a really young age was learn how to fail. I failed so many times. Like you have no idea how many freelance gigs or small projects, small clients, whatever that I either applied to, jobs, you name it. And it was like a no, like the next person had right. more experience or you weren't what we were looking for. So getting used to, um, 
you know, maybe failure is not a good word, but we'll use it for now. Getting used to, to that failure and just letting it roll off your back is, is all, and also like, don't, you can't be dwelling on the past when you've got bills to pay. Right. So it was like, okay, this really sucks. Like, I'm sure that I had that, you know, go into my dark place, cry for like, you know, 45 minutes, maybe go into a hole for a couple of days and then like emerge on the other side being like, what do we got to do to make this happen? Because the thing is, you got that job in the first place. You that job in the first place. You won that client in the first place. That means that the next one is right around the corner. So. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a very, it's a very yeah, resilience and the whole idea of growth mindset and that positive attitude just to keep going. So I want I want to shift a little bit because I want I want to move to the journey of your career where you decided, you know, you wanted to have children, right? So I think you, you said your oldest is five, and I, I want I'd love to kind of like get your mindset on how you thought you could possibly handle. You work. Your husband works, and you're going to have a child. Like how how did you how did you because I, I think I shared earlier with you, I used to be a small business owner before I had children. We actually sold my company before I had ever had kids. So I've never done it. What, what was your mindset? Like you, how did you think you could actually pull this off and make it happen? I think with all things in life, you just do what's in front of you. It's it, what's in front of you. It's, it wasn't really like an option at this point. Like I'm so many like years into this, my whole adult, like the majority of my career is, is being self-employed. So I don't think I really even viewed it as an option. Interesting. Um, and I knew I, um, I knew I wanted to, I knew I wanted to have flexibility when I had kids. Um, and so it, it was rough, like being pregnant with my daughter, who's now five and you're sick maybe during the day or like you're supposed you're not, you're not supposed to be on your feet or like whatever you know all of the, the the stuff that comes along with a pregnancy and then having to be like up at you know 7 a.m getting ready for that client meeting like the the their business is still running you know if you feel sick or don't feel sick so it was it was a lot to do that but anyways I knew I wanted us to have some flexibility so that I could take a maternity leave and and really shift focus shift focus from you know, making the business successful to having success in building a family. Um, and so with my daughter, I was, I was really lucky um, that things were really, went really well leading up in, into that because there's no like, there's no maternity leave when you're self-employed. No, and there's also there's no not. like handbook. There's no manual that's like, you know, how to be a female, you know, entrepreneur, should just say entrepreneur and pregnant and take a maternity leave. It's right. make make as much money as you possibly can <laughs> um, and then assess how long you can take and also how much you could potentially step away while someone else is, is you know, pitching in on, on the business side, because that was a huge concern is I don't want to appear like I'm not going to be there for our clients. Um, even though and, that and we have other team members, it's, you know, it's when you're small, like I'm, I'm the person who mainly interfaces with our, with our clients with our with our clients and you don't have a partner it's it's only you mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Which, so, I think, which, I, which i think makes it more challenging yeah so so the um so with my first pregnancy i was able to take a, a decent um, maternity leave and just kind of work part-time on my own with the team kind of facilitating some things um without me and even then i nursed my daughter for 
14 months, maybe like the, the go to the meeting, go back to the office. Now you have to pump. Now you have to like, it's freaking insane. Like it's impossible. So there was that, you know, you're waking up in the middle of the night to feed like three, four times. And then you're getting up and having to like, you know, put a face of makeup on and show up. Like, you know what you're doing when like, you can't even form sentences because you're so tired because this tiny human is sucking the life out of you. Um, but I did it and, um, but I did it. And then it, it was totally different with my, with my second, because the, the business, it kind of, you know, it grew in between. And so with my son, like, this is like super vulnerable moment for me to even like say this, but with my son, I, the way that things were with the projects that we had going on or whatever, I was maybe like not even two weeks postpartum, like already like trying to work and like be on my email because I felt like I had to because I didn't like want to let anybody down. And part of this is like my own like shortcoming, right? Like, could I have had someone else do it? Maybe, but I, that's just like not right. my personality. I wanted to make sure that like everybody was taken care of. And so um, I wasn't even able to, like I was barely able to nurse him because I was putting all of my attention back on work. And that's probably my biggest like mom guilt moment that like I really let the business take me away from spending that time. Um, so yeah, needless to say, so yeah, needless to say, it's definitely super hard. There's no, there's no right way to do it. And, and I think being any working mom, you don't have to be an entrepreneur, but any working mom feels just like tug or dad, like anybody who has kids and, and they, they, they work really hard and they're really invested in either their team or the people that they serve or their community, whoever they're serving in their, their day to day. And also very committed to the family. I mean, you know, like um, just as yeah. well as I do that that for anyone, male, you know, male, female, whatever. So, so what would be? So I, I want to actually pause on that because I think this is a really, I think this is like a really critical point to to to, to focus on. What is your advice for small business owners that are moms, right? That are, they're they're going to be moms that are that are women owners. To, to manage that situation, right? Do you, like, do you have any anything you'd share that you think would help, uh, you know, would help, uh, you know, a, a female CEO get through that very difficult time? And it's difficult for any any woman, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, having a kid, right? I mean, oh, pregnancy gosh, yeah. and then those first years are like literal chaos. So, mm-hmm. and, and what what would be that one piece of advice you'd give to those uh, those female entrepreneurs out there that are going to try to do this? Yeah. Um, before I answer, like in some ways it was a good thing because I didn't have to, after eight, 12 weeks, go back to 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. So there was a lot of bonuses um, to be able to shuffle my schedule around or right. work when I wanted to work. So for that, um, I feel very grateful. And when I say I knew I wanted to have flexibility in my schedule, like that's a big part of the reason that I wanted to be, wanted to continue to be self-employed while I was having kids because I wanted to like not have to answer to anyone. Yeah. Um, as far as as far as my schedule and and kind of where I was spending my time, spending my time, I think support support is everything, especially with the kids having someone that that you trust where you know they can jump in and handle things. So like if I like my mom is an angel sent from heaven. I do not know what I would do without her. She you know and and my mother in law and our whole family is is very supportive, but. Um, my mom especially took the kids, or still does, um, so much, 
so that I can feel like they're well taken care of. So I'm not worried if I'm stepping away. Like I know they're being loved and I know that they're, excuse me, like having a, a wonderful time and they're with someone who's caring for them. And then on the business side, you know, I think I wish I had mentorship. I wish that I had a a, a female mentor who maybe had gone through the same experience that yeah, I had yeah. um, on my team back when this was all happening, like I do now. Um, but I wish that I had that support. So both on the personal and both on the personal and the professional side. Um, and also like a, an awesome, like right hand man, a right hand woman at you know, that's in the office, like running the show that you can just trust to whatever, if there's fire to be put out, or if there's a new lead coming in that that person can just support you. And I was also yeah. very lucky to have to have that as well. Um, and also give yourself a break. I should have I should have not picked up the phone or answered the check my email or whatever. So many of the times that I did, but you can't help it. It's like, you know, how we're, we're wired, like, and especially no, if you're I, this like, type A, you want to satisfy, you know, I'm well aware. <laughs> so, so I think I think those are some great tips, and I, I, I just, I, I really wanted to hear that part of your story because I think it's, like, like I said, as a small business owner myself that did it without kids, I, I literally can't even imagine. So I give you a lot of credit to you and your husband and your kids and, and your whole support system and your team for going through that, for going through that. So I want to hear a little bit about you said about a year and a half or fifteen months ago. You changed the name from Studio 73 to what you call it today, New Park Creative. So why, after running this successful company for this long, did you decide to do a rebrand yourself? Right? You do rebrands for companies all the time, and now you decide to rebrand yourself. So explain, you know, explain the story behind the, the name change, and what else did you change besides the name? A lot. The reason for that, um... I really put a lot of business development brand stuff um, on the back burner for, let's just say five years, right? And so if we've been in business for 10, that's half the time that we've been um, running because of wanting to grow a family and having my attention be so split. So it was always, how can, you know, how can, you know, I'm growing the business, we're taking the leads that are coming in and it's going really well, but there wasn't a lot of strategies um, going into this. And so a couple of things happened. We really outgrew the brand and how we were presenting ourselves, like the caliber of work, the size of organization, the level of like quality and these like amazing outcomes were just not reflected in the way yeah. that we were talking about ourselves or the name of the company even. Um, and when, you know, when I started all of this, I was like, at the very beginning, it's like, you don't even know what it's going to turn into. So really I had turned into this whole other thing. And I was like, man, we are just misrepresenting ourselves. And it was really a detriment. And so, you know, we didn't really pay much attention to it for a long time, just because I wasn't there to really put in the work as far as like, how, what do we need to do to elevate? And yeah. so this time last year, um, my son was just about turning one, just about turning one. And so knowing that I probably, you know, I, I didn't think that I was going to have, you know, any more kids anytime soon. And really like, like I was like busting at the scenes to be able to do all of this development stuff that had been on the back burner. Like I, like it pained me that I like couldn't work on the business as much as I wanted to, because I just didn't have the time and energy. And so this time last year, I was like, this is it. I was like, I have put my, like, this is my life's work. 
blood, sweat, and tears, like, let's blow this thing up. Um, and so that's, that was the, the driving factor. Just, we, we outgrew the, we outgrew the name, we outgrew the brand and we just needed something new and different. No. And how is that? So it must've been like, honestly, it must've been pretty emotional to make that change because this was, <laughs> this was, you know, Studio 73 was the company you started way back, right? You're, you know, from, from freelancing. So how did the, how did that process go? Obviously you used your own team to do it, but we own team to do it, but were you happy with the results? I mean, you know, I know I'm going to guess that New Park Creative comes from the name comes from the street that you're on. Maybe I'm wrong, mm -hmm. but I thought I thought that's where I was from. So what what has been the uh, what has been the reaction to the new brand and 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 your new offerings? It's been awesome. This last year has been the best year we've ever had. So it definitely was was worth it. Um, and to answer your first question, terrifying, like absolutely terrifying, when you uh, identify with this certain name and brand you know when you start something yourself and like when you're an entrepreneur and the business is something that you built from the ground up you it's like it's almost impossible not to tether your sense of self yeah. to the organization yeah. right even if you have a team like you know even now that like it's it's about so much more than just me but when i hear the name like it's like this is my baby so it was definitely terrifying to segue away from it trying to segue away from it but i i was ready um i i don't know if you've ever like had a time in in your career i'm sure that you have and most people who are ambitious and just kind of like itching for more it's like you get to this point this is what happened when i was at fox you get to this point where you're like i know i can do more than this and mm -hmm. it's not good enough and the dissatisfaction creeps in and it turns into resentment. So I was like, I was at the resentment point. <laughs> so even though it was scary, I was ready for it. Um, right. And like I said, this last year has been great. And now kind of having this proof of concept as far as like how the, the brand has been like received and the, the you know, type of engagements um, we're involved in, we're, you know, now looking to kind of refine it a little bit more and kind of, um, you know, tighten things up and help steer the ship. So it's been it's been really great to get into more of like a proactive business development um, phase instead of just reacting to the growth. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to highlight one thing you said because I think it's important for those listening that listening that are entrepreneurs or want to be entrepreneurs that it's not all about you. You have the weight of you know. How do you not let yourself down, but also your entire team, right? And your entire team and the families of those, you know, those team members. So that I think is something that a lot of people as entrepreneurs or that want to be entrepreneurs don't think about is the responsibility of, of, of owning a company and supporting all these people that can be, that can be overwhelming at times. Absolutely. The whole, it, it's very overwhelming. I think we see like what's broadcast to us just like on LinkedIn, for example, we're broadcast like the best of the best, the most successful. It's like the mm -hmm. Instagram versus reality, right? You only see the success. You don't see all of the garbage behind the scenes, like craziness that goes on. Like I have been, you know, like a year ago, I was at a home goods store at midnight trying to hunt down this like super specific piece of art, like super specific piece of artwork that we needed to prop a set, like, I could be doing that and I could be, you know, out having drinks with a client, like working on business development. It's like you do everything. And because when, when like there's nobody there, like it's you. So it's really Absolutely. all on you. And, and so, yeah, definitely. Um, it never, it never ends. <laughs> no, I hear. So let, let's, let's do a little rapid fire question session before we get to my, my final question. Uh, so what, what, what has been to, to date 
the biggest accomplishment of your career? Um, personal accomplishment. Last October, I was selected as a Story Slam speaker for the um, Women's Achieve Summit in Richmond, Virginia, where I spoke in front of an audience of 1,600 people. I was oh, introduced wow. by Queen, Queen. I was introduced by Queen Latifah. Introduced by Queen Latifah to share. Um, a, it was well behaved. Women really make history was the theme. To, so to 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 do a talk and and share a intimate uh, moment from from my career. So um, that experience was definitely a highlight. And then this last month, I was accepted into the Ad Week Executive Mentorship Program, which matches. You know, I think it's like a hundred or two hundred of the world you know, global CMOs and creatives to mentees. Um, so, you know, being thrown into that cohort of like the most ambitious, hyper-creative people I've ever met and also being able to um, to get to work with my mentor, it has just been like, I mean, that's, it's like a dream come true. Like I've been, that's, I've been reading Ad Week cool. since I was 18, you know, and here I am, like it's coming full circle. My men, uh, mentor, Lisa Granitstein, is their, you know, vice president of programming for the publication itself. So to be reading this magazine as a graphic design student, when, as a graphic design student when I'm 17, 18, and now being in this program, actually getting to like meet her and like the others, you know, on the team at Adweek that are running the program, it's like, wow. That's, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's, that's, it's, that's it's, really very, cool. it's very humbling. It's very humbling. Well, congratulations um, on that. That's, thank that's you. awesome. Thanks. So what, what about on the flip side? Uh, biggest failure of your career to date? And I ask that people, people always ask, why do I ask that question? I ask that not to relive a terrible experience, but because I, on the, uh, my follow-up to that is what did you learn from that? What did you learn from that failure? Because I always find that, you know, from failing, I learned something. And you mentioned earlier that you've, you, you found that failing has helped you become a better person. You've learned a lot from it. So what's your biggest failure of your career that, that you're willing to share with you know, all your close friends here on YouTube and LinkedIn and the okay. podcast. Um, I would say, and I, I said this to, to you earlier when, before we went live that, you know, work and life is one and the same for mine, definitely letting uh, my career keep me from spending that extra time with my son when he was a newborn uh, to be able to like nurse him and, and whatever, just, just to strengthen that bond that I would say, is one of my biggest failures. Um, and what did I learn from that? Life is short, you know, how you spend your time right. is, is everything. Um, if I could go back, I would, I would do that differently. And then also just like career wise, um, I think, um, I think early on I had a, I had a good sized client that, that really loved me and, and we had, a, you know, like an ongoing engagement together and, um, you know, I hired the, the it, I hired someone to do the project with me and they didn't do a good job. And I didn't do a good job of recognizing that that team member was like the wrong person in the wrong mm -hmm. seat. And instead of reconciling it on my end, I let that go too far. And the client ended up leaving and going and working with someone else. And, and actually turned around and said to me, like, you know what, Carrie, I'm like, we love working with you. But like, if I was you, like, I would get rid of that, that person. And ever since then, I'm like, like, eagle eye, like, right. I'm listening to everything, because I want every part of the customer experience to be exceptional. Um, so that was, that definitely was very painful. <laughs> um, yeah, but it was, it was a good learning, learning experience. experience. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. 
quality control. <laughs> control. All right. How about this one? What is your favorite social media platform? Instagram. Instagram. And why? I like that it's a visual platform. And I like that it's like a happy medium of work and play. Like you'll see organizations out there, you know, doing their thing. And you'll also see like personal um, content. So it's a, it's a nice mesh. Um, I love LinkedIn. I'm very, obviously you see my stuff. Um, very active on LinkedIn, but I think Instagram is probably like the most fun. All right. So this, this will be a, a, a like a digital media graphic design nerd question. Do you have a favorite font? My current favorite font is Montserrat. <laughs> I knew you would. <laughs> because um, it's the it's our uh, new parks like San Sara, like San Sara. So it's like my current fave. I also like Open Sans. I'm not a Helvetica fan. I was, but like you know, 15 years ago. So um, bigger and better things. Okay. All right. Uh, and last 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 one in the rapid fire. What was your favorite class in either? college at MCC or University of Hartford? Experimental film. Cause we actually got to like, like, you know, splatter bleach and paint onto actual strips of film and then be like splicing them together and like re-rolling them. And yeah. Talk about art students. <laughs> that's pretty cool. I didn't, yeah, I didn't know that yeah. was something you would do, would do in school. That's pretty, I, I, I think a lot of us that aren't, that never went to school for, anything involving the arts just thinks of everything is digital now and doesn't even think of like what you just mentioned with actual film. Right. So, um, cause it's becoming a lost art, if you will. So, I just, so I just want to say thank you for, thank you so much for making time to share your career journey from not even realizing that, you know, this whole, this whole world of digital media existed to starting your own agency. And, and successfully running that agency for over 10 years now. So it's, it's an awesome journey. And I love the, the, the advice you gave on what it's like to be a small business owner, a CEO and a mom, because I think a lot of people, um, I think a lot of people have that dream, but don't know if they can really pull it off. And I think you're proving that you can. So my last question I ask every guest, this is if you had one piece of advice to help you reach your full potential that that's helped make Carrie Ann so successful, what would that be? Um, I have a couple answers here. That's the totally first fine. One, my, for me, delusional optimism. Okay. okay. You gotta have, a, you gotta be a little bit delusional. If you're going to be an entrepreneur. Um, but as far as, as, as far as reaching your full potential, asking for help, asking for help, ask for help. You cannot get there without help at every single stage, you yeah. know, and ask for help from all kinds of people, people who are, you know, I don't want to say above you, but like further than you in their career behind you in their career. Like you never know where that like, you know, nugget of help is going to come from. So. Yeah, I think, and I think I love that because I think a lot of people think asking for help is a sign of weakness. And I completely disagree. I think asking for help is a sign of strength because you're openly acknowledging you don't know everything. And I think that that is the ultimate to me. That's the ultimate way you build trust with people is when you say, Hey, I don't know everything. And, and can you help me? So, uh, so I think, I think those are, I love the delusional optimism too. I think you have to be slightly, I don't want to, I don't want to use the word crazy because I think it has a negative connotation, but you have, you have to be slightly, um, 
delusionally optimistic to start your own business and to think, you know what? Yeah, I'm just going to quit my job that I have a steady paycheck to make nothing and I'll go hustle and just find people that are going to pay me to do something. I completely agree. So, so I really appreciate you making time. We're going to make sure that we share, um, we, we put your new park creative, um, website and your LinkedIn profile in the, the show description on both YouTube and on the podcast, which we'll release later this week on all the major podcast platforms. If you want to get in touch with Carrie Ann, uh, if you want to, if you need a mentor, if you want to be a mentor, if you want to be a mentee, um, if you need some work done by her agency, you know, get in touch with Carrie Ann. I'm sure she'd be happy to help. But thank you for making time, Carrie Ann. I think it was a great journey we talked about tonight. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Full Potential Podcast. If you'd like to hear more interviews, please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple Podcasts, Google, and Spotify. You can also connect with us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And don't forget to check out our website, fullpotentialmovement.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing and be well.